Welcome to all our listeners and many thanks for joining me once again on the Cybersecurity Transformation Podcast. I'm JC Gaylord, I'm the founder and managing director of Corex Partners, and I'm continuing to revisit through this uh, third series of the podcast the series of articles we published in 2017-2018, which was titled The First 100 Days of the New CISO. Um, in the last two episodes, we have explored the importance of the context, we have explored the importance of the first week and what needs to happen in that first week. And I've explained that I would be framing the first 100 days in a, in a six days, six weeks, six months type of pattern. And um, this is what we are going to continue doing in this um, in this podcast. Uh, today, we're going to look at the, at the first six weeks. And uh, once again, it's really the time horizon, in my opinion, over which the new CISO must start assessing their new position. The first week will be complicated. There will always be lots of things happening or not happening. I've highlighted in the last episode what must happen and why. But fundamentally, it will be hard to guarantee any kind of outcome for the first week. This is just too short. A time frame. The first six weeks are really the, 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 the first time horizon towards which the new CISO must be looking. Once again, m- many of the management tips we will be building up in this series could apply to any executive taking up a, a senior job in a new organization, and in particular in a large organization. I, I, I'm, I need to repeat that, in my opinion, the CISO role is, is, is different. It's complex, it's transversal, it has to work across all corporate silos to be truly successful. So I think the first 100 days of the new CISO, and I said it in the last podcast, is, is could be very difficult okay? and expect it will be hard work if you are in that kind of position taking up or about to take up a new CISO job. It will be easy to get disheartened, in particular in large organizations. And I would say at the end of that six weeks period, it really becomes more relevant to start paying attention at those red flags which might have started to accumulate. And I will be going back to those at the end of the, at the, of, of the podcast. But anyway, at this stage, if you are in the process of taking up a new CISO job or if you are about to, uh, when you reach that, that the end of the first week and the beginning of the, 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 the following six weeks period, you should have started to get a feel for the organization you have entered and you would have established first contacts. You should have started to meet with your team members. You should have met with your key team members and you must have met with your direct management in one shape or another. During the, the six weeks ahead, you need to continue meeting with your team members, preferably face-to-face, as I said in the last episode, um, if the size and the geographical dispersion of, you, of your team allows it, you should meet each and every team member, um, even if it's for a short meeting. Um, you should continue to listen, um, but you should continue also to be careful about not saying too much, as I pointed out in the last episode. In particular, do not hint at any possible organizational changes, even if you are starting to sense that some will have to take place eventually. Um, 
Again, I don't want to micromanage or micro-advise, but you may be coming across, as you talk to your team members, you may be coming across personal issues, maybe coming across HR issues. Um, do not jump into taking action. Even if you think sense something is urgent, do not jump into taking action. Consult with your line management, consult with HR. Many of those issues which may be brought up to you could be rooted in a past that might be far more complex than what was disclosed to you. Do not act quickly until you are in possession of all the facts. What you should expect, which is far more relevant, I think, to this series and, and what we're talking about here, uh, you should expect that people, team members, and, and also others as you continue to meet stakeholders, you should expect those people will start bringing problems to you. And you should expect that they will start to test you. And that's a good and natural thing. It's a good and natural reaction and you must play along. It's absolutely key for all those people to get to know you and to gauge your management style and your leadership style. At the same time, you've only been in the job for a few weeks and you cannot make miracles and they must also understand that. What you should expect as well is that many people will tell you what needs fixing, they will tell you how to do it, they will tell you why it hasn't been done in the past. That's also unavoidable, and that's also a very good sign. But make no mistakes, it will bring invariably a mix of real value, good ideas and political noise. But nevertheless, you must take it on board and listen to it. Um, overall, all this is an opportunity for you to get to know the people around you. But you need to be careful not to allow the short-term firefighting dynamics to take over. You need to continue discovering the true extent of your environment. You need to continue meeting with key stakeholders. And that's the second part of what needs to happen during those six weeks. You need to continue meeting with your team. You need to meet with the key stakeholders you would have identified through those meetings with your team members. You should also meet with key external third parties. You should also meet with key suppliers in your environment and across your environment. That's also very, very important. Apply the same approach throughout. That's the same approach we discussed in the last, last post podcast. Uh, ask people what they expect from you. Ask them how you can help them. Don't pretend you know how to solve everything. Just listen, 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 and listen. That has to be the, the backbone of those, of those meetings and the true dynamics in those meetings. Don't hesitate to travel during that period. In particular, if you're in a large multinational organization, an organization which has a large geographical footprint, traveling will introduce a different rhythm in your work day and in my case it has always been very very useful to uh, help me gather my thoughts and start putting order into all the information I was collecting through those meetings. Again I don't want to micromanage or micro advise but you should start organizing your ideas, start organizing your notes, start organizing the observations you would have collected or accumulated by now through those meetings. Uh, and, and start relating those to what would have come 
out of the first meetings with your line management and in particular the definition of the key challenges for your role as defined by your bosses and as positioned during your first week. And those should drive the focus of your own assessment of the situation uh, you, you, are, you are meant to be uh, addressing. If your key challenge is to optimize and, uh, or, or run an existing practice, then you should focus your assessment on the strengths and weaknesses of current, of, of current processes, on, on the strengths and weaknesses of the team, the people you have, on budgets, on operational issues. If your key challenge is to build or, build or rebuild a practice which is failed, which is deemed to be failing or, or not performing well, then you should focus your first assessments on the roadblocks that have caused that failure or, or, or action paralysis. You should look for business drivers, you should look for key good practices, you should look for compliance levers maybe. But fundamentally your strategic framework as you start to build it should reflect the key objectives of your role. It should reflect those in simple terms and you should be able to articulate simply what you want to do to address the challenge given to you. And, and it should reflect, of course, the key findings of your assessments, which would have been coming out of the various meetings you've had. And you should be able to set directions, timeframes, high-level cost estimates for you are proposing to achieve in response to the findings of your assessment. Make all necessary caveats. Don't pretend to know everything. There will be lots of unknown aspects and lots of assumptions in, in, in all this at this stage. And again, that's perfectly normal and it should be understood. Um, if necessary, offer multiple ameliorative options or multiple action paths depending on the nature of what you have found and, and, and what you need to, to do particular if maturity is low and you are expected to put in place a, a mid to long term transformative um, action plan. Trust your instincts, look over the right time frames. I think that's absolutely key here in your strategic framework. Look over the right time frames, time frames in terms of execution. Do not focus just on the short term or quick wins. There are things that can be done in six months. There are things which may take a year or two to complete, depending on the complexity of your, of your environment. Now is not the time to look at organizational changes, even if you're your meetings so far have made it clear that some will have to take place. That should come at the next phase as a matter of execution of the strategic framework once agreed. At this stage, you should focus on building that, on building your strategic framework. As I said, based on the outcome of what you would have collected from the various meetings you've had and matching those against the key challenges and the key objectives given to you by your line management. Share your framework with your direct reports once it is advanced enough. Nobody likes a surprise. Make sure they're on board, collect their feedback, make the necessary amendments where it makes sense. Then take all that to your boss or to your bosses for validation. Really that validation meeting with your, with your management is the real objective you are working towards across that six weeks period. Should not fear it. If you have followed the approach we've, we've, we're highlighting here, you should have all the facts and you know you should sell through with confidence. Your case should be as strong as it can be, as long as it's clear, as long as it's simple, as long as it is rooted in the reality of your field observations and it is fully aligned with the 
challenges given to you. I'm going to stop here for this week. And as I did in the previous episode, I want to go back a little bit to the the, the, the red flags and the things which should worry you in, in the first six weeks and the things maybe which shouldn't worry you so much. For me, the, the key things which should raise a red flag in this six weeks period is really if you are struggling to meet with stakeholders, if they say they don't have the time to meet with you, if they openly reject any form of value proposition, any form of idea you may be bringing up which goes beyond tactical firefighting, beyond short-termism. Those things should start to worry you. You should also um, be concerned if you still haven't got any form of clarity around budgets, if you still haven't managed to meet anybody in the finance team who can give you some answers around resources, around how you can get things done. Uh, you should be worried if you have missed key budgetary deadlines and, and nobody can really tell you what to do until the next round. Those things should concern you because they may start to highlight a disconnect be between whatever you've been told by your line management and the objectives you've been given and the real political fabric of the firm and the real expectations of that political fabric, in particular in large organizations. The things we shouldn't worry you too much, um, once again, are of a different nature. You shouldn't be too worried if people don't seem to understand what, what, what you mean when you talk about cybersecurity. Even if your team members don't really seem to understand where you're trying to go when you are talking to them, you shouldn't be worried if you are coming across very serious operational issues or very acute immaturity problems that go way, way, way beyond what you were told or what you were expecting. Those things shouldn't worry you. To me, they are part and parcel of, of taking up a new role like this. The CISO role is complex, as I, as I keep saying. It's transversal. It needs to cut across all corporate silos. So see those things as management opportunities and once again opportunities to prove yourself more than real um, roadblocks if you want. I'm going to leave this for, for leave this here for this week. Uh, we continue next week of course and next week we will be looking at the six month horizon and then the week after that we will be wrapping everything up and looking at what happens next, what happened after those first hundred days, whatever they mean. And um, how do you continue to build an, an effective and efficient cybersecurity practice after that? Many, many thanks to all our, our listeners once again. I keep saying the same thing at the end of those podcasts. There is a lot of material on the Corex Partners blog, corexpartners.com, or on the Security Transformation Leadership publication on, on Medium, if you prefer going on, on Medium. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or want to discuss any aspects. All the details are on the contact page on corexpartners.com. Many, many thanks to um, all our listeners once again, and I look forward to continuing exploring the, the first 100 days with you the, in the next, in the next um, few episodes. Thank you. <music>